podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Can we have a different intro music this time, Jake, please? Republic are ready to go. Hello and welcome to um, the emergency broadcast of the Big Strong Leicester Boys. It is. It's an emergency meeting following another defeat for Leicester, but this one worse than all the ones beforehand. A 2-0 defeat to Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. Um, It's a big episode because not only are we going to talk about this one and, and where on earth we go from here and how we pick ourselves up, because we've got another game, of course, next weekend against Brighton. But so much frustrations and talk about finances at the moment, about where the football club's going. Brendan Rodgers, can you afford to sack him? What players can we afford to buy? This, that and the other. Um, so um, I say I'm excited. I'm, I'm delighted to say we are going to be joined by somebody who knows significantly more than everyone else when it comes to, to football finance. And, and that is Kieran Maguire. He's going to join us in around 15 or so minutes time. And we will still try to have a little bit of fun with today's episode. And do a who are you? And then we will talk about the Brighton game as well. How fun that will be remains to be seen. Uh, but joined by the other two. From the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast, uh, Jack and Jordan. Um, I both hang over, I believe, today, you know, after drowning their sorrows in, in Nottingham yesterday. I'm currently. Um, it wasn't in Nottingham, Jake. We didn't spend any well, longer yes, in Nottingham no, than we needed to, correct. Just, just for the record. I'm, 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 I'm currently, what's the word? Um, I'm doing dry January anyway. And um, there was a point when I left the stadium yesterday and I smelt a beer in the toilets as I had my piss before going back to the train station. And I just smelt that beer and I thought, do you know what? I might drink today. They they nearly forced me to, to drink, but I didn't. I stayed strong. But Jack and Jordan, how are you both? Other than, you know, disappointed by yesterday and probably still mildly hungover, Jordan. Very um, hungover. I'm not actually that, that bad. Um, went out for a little run and I had my ice bath. So I'm actually feeling a little bit better now. But Not uh, as bad as Liverpool. No, no. Um, Nothing was as I bad was, as that. I was, uh, I wasn't too bad when I woke up this morning. Um, but yeah, like Jack said, we we didn't spend any any longer than we needed to in Nottingham. Got back to Parcel Yard and drowned our sorrows, and then went somewhere else and had a couple more, and then had a couple more, and been thinking and drinking the last few, uh, you know, last few hours after full time. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. Other than the football, I'm good, mate. Yeah, and look, it's it's often the way, isn't it, Jack? Cathartic, not only drowning your sorrows, but just talking about the game. You know, that's in many ways why we like doing this podcast. You feel better after after doing it. But you know, after talking four hours about the game yesterday, another hour this evening, uh, you you would have forgotten all about yesterday, weren't you? By by the end of tonight, I really hope so. I've tried <laughs> yes. I equally have been in a nice bath uh, and have a discount code if anyone needs one. <laughs> We don't do advertising on this podcast, but no. I would highly recommend getting in an ice bath to uh, to get rid of uh, anything going on in on in your head because yeah. you're so cold that you can't think of anything else. So, so yeah, BSLB twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a real exactly. code, by the way. If anyone goes to try it, but no, but I do have Jack. a real. I do have a real code if someone wants them. So feel free to send any messages in. Me and Jordan <laughs> both bought them. So anyway, I digress. Uh, but yeah, no. To be fair. I had a really nice day yesterday, aside from the... Well, I, I think I left Did on you? 85... No, yeah. well, well, I left on 85 minutes. And I thought you'd I thought you'd left left. And then well, when I left... My head had you, gone. You were, stu- you were stood in the concourse on your own, staring at your phone, well, looking very miserable. Yeah, because... Uh, 
yeah. It's like one of them when you storm I'd, out, but then you realise, I just oh, yeah, I was like, I haven't I'm, got a lift home, so you're yeah, waiting for the rest like, of us. I'm not get, I'm not going out on my own. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I waited for you. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just needed to sort of. I just couldn't sit there and and mm. I was just so frustrating, um, mm. wasn't it? It's just you know, it, it was very predictable. And um, yeah, to be fair, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be, but it was still really, really bad. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a frustrating day, but um, I enjoyed the the sights and sounds of Leicester and uh, watching Jordan put his face in a pint. That was good fun. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I I did joke on on Twitter during the the week saying basically should we just recycle the the same headline for for the podcast or title as we, we did last week, which was hopeless and inevitable. And you know, like um, Jack Jordan, I, I thought that. We weren't actually that bad. And I don't think we were actually that bad against Newcastle. But at the same time, at no point in the game did I think we were going to win it. And that's almost at the point where we're at, isn't it? It's kind of like we're not that upset anymore. We're not expecting anything anymore. So when we play OK or we play, you know, not that bad, we're almost seeing it as a positive, you know. And I, I also got incredibly frustrated yesterday just because there was a degree of inevitability inevitability about it you know when they did score that goal we, we've mentioned the stat numerous times already that when Leicester have conceded a goal this season they haven't won any of them so so the writing was on the wall the moment that Forrest scored and you know in any given game but particularly a derby Jordan when you're losing it's not a derby Jake it's not a okay, derby right. stop forcing well, it <laughs> whatever it is this one does mean a little bit more than the others throw the fucking kitchen sink at it you know try get something out of the game and they just seemed to almost go through the, the motions at times. You know, there was a couple of, of good crosses which went into the box. Vardy, I remember d- doing one of them. And and people were just stood there and and watching it, Jordan. I'm thinking, at least try, you know, throw yourself at it. And it just felt to me, Jordan, like there was only one real team which which recognised the magnitude of the game and, and really well and truly wanted to win it. And that was Forrest. Yeah, and we were chatting before um, before the game that, you know, like you say, there's no expectation at all. So we're going into the games expecting to get B and anything else is a positive, which really says where we're at. Um, just quickly would like to say um, thanks to anyone I saw. I spoke to quite a few people, saw a lot of people yesterday. And I too had a really good day other than the football. And that's probably because I am not taking it too seriously because I knew we'd lose. <laughs> and, and everyone I spoke to yesterday um, really cheered me up. So that was that was nice. But... You know, Barnes has missed two of the best chances, not only of the game, of the whole season. And we should have been 2-0 up and home and home and hosed or whatever the phrase is. Um, we should have been cruising at 2-0. Spending too much time in that ice bath, mate. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> how many ice bath references can you get in? Um, They're not going to sponsor. You, you cannot miss guilt-edge chances at any level, but let alone at the Premier League level. Yeah. And... You know, I knew as soon as we missed those chances, you just knew what was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And their goal, the first goal, again, I mean, I'm not going to moan about VAR. But I haven't watched it back. I, I, I've, of... I've, well, I was in the concourse when it went in. So, <laughs> it um, sound like you. Is that your obligatory missing the, the first yeah. 20 minutes of the second half because you've got a beer in your hand? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, as soon as... as, soon as uh, it was ruled out. The flag went up. I thought, well, he's onside. You could just tell. Uh, and well, as soon as it goal, took, they, they took ages, didn't they? So as soon as it took any more than 30 seconds, yeah. I thought, oh, fuck. And then the second goal, um, 
was summed up by one of their lads doing a fucking overhead kick in his own half. <laughs> yeah. And no one is even anywhere near him. And then they score again. And it's just, just run out of things to say. The thing um, is, though, Jordan, I, I, my biggest fear going into, yes, not biggest fear, but certainly one of them was that the atmosphere at the city ground, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, is, is quite good. And, and for the FA Cup game, it felt like the occasion that, that our hmm. players at the time just couldn't really handle it. And it was the same at Newcastle, wasn't it, in the, in, in the quarterfinal. The atmosphere within that stadium was 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 loud. It was big. They recognised how important that, that Cup quarterfinal was. They were desperate to win it. And in many ways, I just felt that they couldn't really hack that occasion. And my fear was that, you know, we go to the seat ground on, on Saturday. It's the, the, the place is bouncing and, you know, we're going to lose the game because, you know, clearly they want it. We don't, et cetera, et cetera. But Jordan, the atmosphere was flat. But the, the first mm. half, there was there was nothing. And I'm just thinking, actually, you know, for a team that is massively out of form at the moment, you know, us, there's an opportunity to, to pick up a point here because everything that we kind of worried about, because we know quality-wise, Nottingham Forest do not have that much. You know, they don't. Yes, we're we're missing loads of players. Yes, it's not a great squad. But still, I would say the quality that, that we have is, is is superior to theirs. So the only way in my mind they were going to win that game was, you know, with using their things to their advantage, which was maybe the physicality and, and, and the home um, atmosphere, but but neither of which were really there. So it, that's what makes it even more frustrating that we were unable to to kind of pull out any kind of performance. Yeah, I mean, I think credit where it's due in the first half, we did we did play well and silence the crowd. And they seemed a bit nervous, the Forest fans. Um, second half was pathetic. And, you know, we, we've not scored again against the back four that had fucking Joe Worrell. And <laughs> Steve, is it, is it, I don't even know. Is it name. McKenna? Scott Steve McKenna? McKenna Scott, Scott McKenna. Yeah. Serge Aurier is garbage. Serge Aurier is, is like, how is he still a Premier League footballer? He was man of the match, yeah. everybody. He, uh, he was. He was man of the match. Yeah, but, uh... Yeah, I know. Um, I know, but this, that, again, it just makes the whole thing worse. We're naming the individuals that they have got, and you know, if this isn't because they're not in Forest, just I, call, I, calling I a spade it. a spade. I they're, missed they're this because I'd left at this point. But apparently, like Dean Henderson pulled a muscle and didn't even bother wasting any time because he was like, the game's just going to end anyway. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to Rogers, the board, the away end, but the actual game itself. Yeah, so we've not scored against that side. Games like that normally come down to the first goal. Yeah. Um, and obviously we had those two chances and, and didn't get it. But, you know, you've got, again, seven, eight players out of contract that don't care. They just don't care, do they? And can you blame them? Because why would you jeopardise your own career yeah. and put yourself on the line, potentially miss out on a move at the end of your contract? See, I'm not sure I'd, I'd, I'd quite go that far that they, they, they don't care. Don't get me wrong. Um, there are fine, they, fine margins they in football. Like yesterday? No, no, I don't. But I, I also don't believe that, that footballers go out there and don't try. But but what we, what we have spoken... Fine margins, though. Exactly. It? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There are such fine margins. So, you know, we spoke last week, didn't we, about, you know, the mood around Newcastle and Fulham at the moment. You know, you've got the same level of player at Leicester and... and Fulham, for example, whether you agree or not. But the reason why they're doing so well is because obviously the mood and the momentum, you know, there's no difference between the, the quality. And then you, you take a group of players who know their future isn't at Leicester and then another group of players who know their future is safe, then they're then it's just them that couple of percent which at Premier League level is, is all it is all it takes. I don't think that the players, you know, are actively not trying. 
I just think that yeah, when you when you combine everything, that it's not a happy place. You know, we're losing games of football, and lots of their futures are up in the air. It's not a recipe for success, but winning games of football in the Premier League is it? Let's just be brutally honest. And I mean, it's a bit of a like we said, it is a bit of a perfect storm. But you look at the two 11s, I wouldn't take one of their players. No, I mean we're, we're desperately lacking a winger. So with all due respect, you yeah. know, whoever one, I, I would have had one of them. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah. But there's not a lot in it. Um, Jack, as Jordan said, you know, it, we, we did have them two chances, and it's 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 hard because you don't want to criticise players. And you know, I know lots of people are going to be speaking about Harvey Barnes, and we mentioned this as we were, we were leaving the stadium. The the second chance that he had, it's hard for me because I've not watched highlights back. The first one, you know, it's at the other end, and I'm looking through the net, so I can't really see how bad of a ever miss that was. But the the second half. It's what is he eight yards out? It's bread and butter. It's on a plate for him. He puts it wide. Now look, players miss chances, so I'm not going to have a go at him. You know, we, we've all missed chances, but the reality is, is that happened at nil nil, and Forest go on to win the game two nil. So this isn't a blame game, but also we do need to to to, to mention the reality is, is that if that had gone in, like probably nine times out of ten, it would have gone or should have done. It probably is going to be a different game, and again, you know, it's going back to that same phrase. It's 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 fine margins. It is fine margins, and uh, you know, look, uh, it's not. It's a bad miss. Both of them are bad misses. I've seen mm. them back, um, and he needed that as well. It, didn't he, he needed that. His, conf- his confidence is low. He's yeah. getting digged out unnecessarily, and he is. He is a, um, a, com- a confident half scores that. Yeah, but, two, but I'll yeah. give you an example. Right, that, that forty million uh, price tag I slapped on him last week has just halved. Um, <laughs> the, the, I'll give you an example. So in the forest, uh, the home game. Yeah. They go through, hit the post. Dewsbury mm. Hall has an um, like an easier chance than both of Harvey's chances. Completely misses it because he's not used to heading it because he's five foot nothing. But then we still win the game. I just will look to those two chances, but I just think we were so so poor in terms of chance creation and you know like we're we're just lumping. You know, Pratt came on and he's just trying to dink it in against McKenna and Worrell and you know the two things that they're going to well the one thing they're going to be very comfortable against is is heading it out because they're both six foot whatever and none of our strikers are so yeah what look it's not he should have scored he should have scored twice and uh, it, it wasn't very good but I, I don't think it comes down to just that for me I thought you know Rogers after the game I've listened to his interview which people don't seem to have liked but he's just said yeah we were but he, <laughs> was, like he just said says. it no, exactly. He can't win because yeah. yesterday he was just like, it wasn't very good and we didn't deserve anything from the game. And he took responsibility like, for it as well. He took responsibility for it. So I'm like... Which I don't think he really needed to. No, exactly. And, you know, like the, to George's point, like one of the goals, like, we're playing with two defensive midfielders and the midfield's completely absent. Yeah. And pff, it just... It, it, it's the whole club stinks at the moment and I'm, I'm glad the women's <laughs> team have won today mm. um you know they've signed two players and all of a sudden they've turned a corner um you know hopefully someone at the club realizes that but you know the women's team are bottom the under 21s are bottom the under 18s are not very good the first team like it the whole club is is struggling at the moment and it i can't imagine it's a very fun place to be around and it, it really yeah. really shows at the moment and and that's that's the most frustrating thing. And I know you're talking about, you know, do the players really care? I, does anyone, like, 
I'll still be around supporting this club, but you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood in 40 years' time. Does anyone that works at the club like will they be around in 40 years' time? Like, do they care? And that's what I woke up this morning. I was like, I'm really hurting after that. Sorry to yeah. go deep, deep and meaningful. That's why I went in an ice bath. But um <laughs> I don't I don't know whether they do feel the same, and that really, really frustrates me. And I, I just hope people realise how much whether it's a derby or not, I couldn't give a flying fuck. Mm. It was a game of football that we should have won and we're losing too many games of football. We should have drawn that game at the very least yesterday. It should have been a nil-nil, mm. boring game. Like, we we should have got something from it. But we just, we're weak as piss. And, yeah. and that really, really frustrates me. Yeah, you say weak as piss. I say soft as shit. And I do. I, I, I keep saying the same thing. We are. We, are, we have to be the easiest team to beat. Because in terms of the quality that we have, you know, we are so much better than our, our league position. But the problem is, is we are bullied out of so many games. And that's where we're losing games of football. Not because we're not good footballers, but because we're just not putting in the same level of, level of effort as everyone else, which is just unacceptable. Um, you mentioned the midfield at times been a bit absent. And it, well, we haven't really spoken about him, him too much. We, we have a couple of times, Jordan. But I want to get your, your, your thoughts on, on Wilfred Ndidi because... It wasn't his worst game yesterday. He's, he certainly played worse <laughs> in recent weeks. Um, but of course, a million miles away from his best. And you know, the thought I had was that, you know, a couple of years ago or even just a year ago, well, just f- f- throughout the large majority of his, his Leicester career, it's like he's had an extra lung. You know, he's one of them mm. players that just wherever mm. you look, it doesn't matter. Wilfred indeed, he will get there. You know, and when he came in eventually after N'Golo Kante, he completely transformed Leicester's like, it was like playing with an extra midfielder, like when we had N'Golo Kante. He was here, there, everywhere, sticking his foot in, um, so quick, just covering ground like nobody else. And he's he's a million, million miles away from, from where he was. And the thing I find even more baffling is, yes, I know, again, he's had a, a couple of, in, of injuries, but this one isn't because his contract's running out. This one isn't because his head's been turned by you know a, a club trying to sign him. What on earth has happened to him? Because he was a sixty million pound footballer who's playing like a sixty pound footballer at the moment. Yeah, I think it's fair to say he was the best defensive midfield player mm. outside the top four or top six. I think that would be fair to say. And obviously, don't want to single players out particularly because collectively there's no confidence, and I mean, it, everyone is is suffering and struggling. Um, indeed, you would really been interesting if we'd gotten Didi straight after N'Golo had gone um, because I think we could have done even better in the Champions League with Wilf um, mm, or, yeah. or definitely in the league with, with that season but yesterday there was, a, there was a period where he kind of he was in our own half and he like it wasn't a back heel but he played a, pa- a blind pass like with the outside of his foot to the centre-backs so thinking what are you doing like what's going through his mind and I said yesterday to to good friend, and, and it, this goes back to the manager because obviously, I think we're all safe to say we want Rogers in. Well, um, the, the, <laughs> but the thing is, what I was saying is, the people who want Rogers out, I don't disagree with anything they say. Yeah, does that does that make sense? You like no, yeah, I, I do. I, because I agree I, because with all that, right? Yeah, because I'm the same. You know, I'm probably not as staunch a, a Rogers in as as you two mm. guys, but yeah, you know, right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be completely upset or against it if it did happen. My, my fears are what would happen in terms of replacing him, but but you know, so, we've we've spoken about that already. 
So when on, on Ndidi, he's regressed. He's got no confidence. And that can only come from the manager, surely. And is um, this the same for, for Soyuncu as, as well, just, surely? Yeah. Um, with the Ndidi thing, he's been injured. He's been in and out of the team. But he, like the manager sh- surely should be picking him up, putting his arm around him, telling him how good he is, because he, he is quality. Yeah. Um, again, the Soyuncu thing... I'm, I'm going off on one a little bit here, but the soon two things madness really because the stubbornness of the manager, whatever's going on there, you've got a player that was in team of the year worth 50, 60 million quid. Yeah. You can't get in ahead of Dan Amati and, and Atletico Madrid won him. Yeah. It was, Something's it gone quality. wrong there, isn't it? How, how can you um, leave Leicester to go to Atletico? You know? Yeah. And then, you know, again, like I said, I don't want to pick individual players out, but poor Luke Thomas yesterday. Yeah, was awful, and he needs taken out of the team for his own well-being, for his one hundred percent, one hundred percent. To be fair, George, kid. To be fair, George, he did. He did, yeah, but he did take him out of the firing line, and he brought Lewis Brunt on, who's not a left back. So that's everything you know. That's tell tell the fucking board everything they need to know. But yeah, take him out, put Suyuncu in, and play three at the back. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right. You are. But I mean, yeah, this is sort of going towards Rogers. But yeah, I mean, indeed, he just yeah. But it I, is baffling because, as I said, all baffling. the other ones that that were really good before in that team, you know, you've got ones who have aged, you've got ones whose contracts are out, you've got ones who know they're leaving, and you've got other ones who have just left. Indeed, he doesn't tick any of them boxes. Jack, it just doesn't make sense to me why he's now become a bang average footballer. Footballer because he just wasn't. He was brilliant. He, he was. He, yeah. I mean, you're talking to someone that's named his dog after him. So I'm like the world's <laughs> biggest Wilfred and Deedy fan. But he just, he's no. Does your dog have a middle name player. you could call him instead? Uh, <laughs> something else. Um, uh, he does actually have a middle name. I forgot about that. Uh, um, uh, yeah, anyway. Sorry. Yes, struggling anyway. today. Um, this I've been thinking about this, and I know I sort of like half joked earlier that I was going to go Rogers out today because n- none of us have. But I, I was talking to some lads in the pub off the game yesterday, and they were, you know, they they made some really valid points. He's not he's not tried all his options. There are some players. I mean, like Yannick Vestergaard. I've, he's not getting even a look at. I know he's dreadful, but <laughs> is he that much worse than that? Like Amarty is. It's, he's I'm better fine. than Warren McKenna. Yeah, sure. well, exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't the, think that. But the those thing is, though, I've up... seen. I've seen Vestergaard play, and we all have. And you know, all I'm right, not going okay. to go back. Example, to... Jake. And no, bad I example. know, but no, but uh, again, when I look at the Forest team yesterday, I, I don't know because it is just going back over ground we've trodden over a million times before. But it just it it baffles me some of the players that we've gotten the salaries that we handed yeah, out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it does. No, no point in, in Yannick Vestergaard's career. Has he has he shown that he's that level of player? I saw more from Joe Worrell yesterday than I've ever seen from Yannick Vestergaard, and he's he's on a fraction of the money. And that's not saying Worrell's good. It's just no. saying I, I watched Yannick Vestergaard and thinking, what on earth were we thinking? Because he's not the yeah. answer. He's not. No, but no, seriously, he is a panic, he, he he's a panic guy. He's a panic guy and a really well, bad one. Anyway, so I know we've said we've, that a million we've times di- before. Di- yeah, we've I know. Digress from where where we needed to be. Like yeah. the, there are legitimate <laughs> arguments about Rogers and. You know why? Because he's not getting the best out of the players anymore. No, he's not. 
and I don't entirely blame him. He is a guy that's three and a half, four years into the job and some of the players have been around too long. I think as a manager, if you keep saying the same things, people, you know, some people like to say Rogers is just a bullshit merchant, but all football managers are to some extent, yes. right? No, you've, got to, you've got to make out you're untouchable and just like supreme, supremely confident and you're going to do all these things. And you don't know whether you're going to do any of these things. I mean, Mourinho is the master of it, right? And eventually people see through you over time. I just get the sense that the, some of the some of the players aren't having him. He's not having some of the players. You know, mm. he's made Madison yeah. into a world-class midfielder. He's made Barnes a really good player, although in the last few games. But, you know, may, maybe it does need a change. I still wouldn't agree with that because I think with two weeks in the transfer window, if you sat the manager now, like, you're not going to be able to bring any yeah. players in. You don't So, do that. I, 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 that's the final roll of the dice for me. Yeah. And I think yeah. you give you give him... If, if we're still having these conversations mid-Feb, end of February, then that, then yeah. that for me, is a time to to look elsewhere and you either get, I don't know, Moyes will probably be in a job by then, Nuno's around. Like there's there's managers around that we could get in on a short term. That's that's panic stations. we I've I've been I've been so frustrated all day. We're not quite at panic stations yet. It's still salvageable, but I genuinely think it's fifty fifty. Yeah. Us getting relegated and with every passing day that we don't improve the squad, those odds are moving yeah. and, uh, and away then, from uh, us. And people do need to recognise that with the manager, right? If you were going to sack Brendan Rodgers, it had to have been before the January transfer window or after the January transfer yeah, window. You can't do it yes, now. I'm aware nothing has happened right now in terms of signings, but be rest assured there are players that he is asking for. There are players that he is hoping to sign. You know, how ridiculous would it be for Leicester to, to, to buy players with the very small amount of money that they've got, the ones that Rodgers wants, and then you sack Brendan Rodgers, a new manager comes in and he doesn't fancy the players that you've just spent your little tiny transfer budget on. It makes no sense. Let him get in the players that he kind of wants. And if it doesn't work, fine. You know, but you don't do it during the January transfer. And it's just, it's not the right time. Um, <clears throat> Jordan, I'm conscious that, that Kieran Maguire is going to join us uh, very, very shortly. The football finance expert to, to talk about kind of everything we've, we've just mentioned, really, but with a, a real focus on the club's finances. But as far as the, the, the lineup, um, yesterday at Forest. I'm not sure if either of you were aware of this, but um, there was only one player in that starting lineup yesterday who wasn't at the football club three years ago. Did you know that? And that's uh, Fez. And Fez, without Fez. Every single other player who started yesterday was at the club three years ago. So if you want any kind of indication or you know proof of how much this club has stood still, yes, we're missing players, of course. Get it. Said it a million times before, but I can guarantee you there is not another Premier League team this weekend who has named a starting lineup with just one player different from three years Castan, ago. Castan, yeah, Castan joined three years, years ago. ago is he three years ago? Yeah, okay, yeah. And that, and that was, only was the only player. That was only because we had to replace him as well. We had to replace Fafana. Yeah, that's the only reason we've got it. Exactly. Yeah, but we've we've sold the goalkeeper and not replaced him and. Danny Ward is, you will never convince me now that Danny Ward is a number one goalkeeper. He's a number two. Like, yeah. doesn't make enough saves as a Premier League goalkeeper to be a number one. Yeah, no, I don't disagree, but does that not worry you? I don't think people realise. You look at that style, because we all looked at the lineup. Jake, the weekend and thought, Jake, it fucking terrifies me. Yeah. And, 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 and that's we, mad, isn't it? 
but know. it's so. I was saying this to someone earlier. I, how is there I, not how, another player? That it's that so hard. In the last few years, it's so hard for us to sign players, and you know, there's all oh, there's very little money for us to send in January. If you're if you're top, you have an asset which is the football club, and the asset is diminishing yeah, every day. It. You've got to protect it. You've got to protect it now, and you've got to find some money for. It. And you might have to spend. I can't remember if I've made this argument before. But, you know, this whatever we got for Fafana, that, you know, there was about five weeks of will he go, won't he go. They knew, I mean, if you look at the front of the club shop, there is James Justin's there and you know that should be Fafana. They've changed that last minute. Like everyone can see that. It's the most obvious thing you can ever see. So they knew it was going to happen. In that, in those five weeks, yeah, we may have got an extra 10 million quid. But what that did for the football club in terms of momentum, you're probably better off just doing mm. it quickly and then getting someone in. Because, you know, the 10 million quid's all very well and good on the balance sheet now, but we'll lose more than that if we get relegated. And that, oh, that's the thing mm. for me. When we're going, oh, there's not a lot of money to spend in January. I, I, we've got to get to a stage now where we've got to gamble. Mm. And, and that's why I think the strategy's been relatively flawed. I mean, it's easy for me to say that. And I... I, I, I I said off the game yesterday, I know running a football club's a hard job and I, I don't envy them, but there's some stuff that is really, really obvious. <laughs> We're just not doing anything. We're paralysed by indecision. Mm. I just hope that it's going to get better and you can't run on hope because we've got none left. Yeah. Um, I think um, looking at that away end yesterday, um, obviously there was a few banners, a lot of quarrels or infighting. Yeah, that should be like people are entitled to their opinion. And like I said about Rogers, the people who don't want him here, I agree with a lot of what they're saying. Um, that should be a sign to the board and the ownership. Like, what is going on? They should they they, they shouldn't be taking that kind of thing. But so they need to wake up and realize what's going on. Um, you know, in terms of the manager. I accept all of the, the like I said, the criticisms. I wouldn't sack him now. And I, I would say to the people who want him gone, I don't think they will sack him. Um, I, I think don't think what, he gets sacked. It's going to take something seriously, you know, even worse before they sack him. Yeah. And I think what's got to happen is we get to the end of the season, secure our Premier League status, and then do we decide, right, it's best for all parties involved to go our separate ways and, and start fresh. But in, in terms of the board... We've got well, Perez is injured now. So what's that? Ten first team players injured. Yeah. Um, if they, you know, if we get half of those back and get two or three players in in January, I think we'll be mid table. Um, but as it is, this team that played yesterday is two points off bottom of the table, not just the relegation zone, bottom of the table, and that eleven as it is at the minute will go down because they've got no confidence. The manager can't turn it round, and that. For me, it does stem from the board. Like I've always said, that, again, with getting Rogers out, a few people said yesterday Deitch, and I was thinking, well, if you sack no, Rogers, no, there's no, no long-term no. plan with Sean Deitch. You're just basically admitting that we're well. There is, but there's a, it's, there is, but it's a very low ceiling, isn't it? You never yeah. can become a top half Premier League football club under Sean Deitch. He'll yeah, keep you somewhere and fair play. You know, he does a good job. He's a good manager, but it's not the ambitions that Leicester should. We don't, we don't want no. a, a manager of a ceiling. No, exactly. And, um, you know, obviously we're playing Brighton this weekend and Kieran's a Brighton fan. Kind of going against my own um, school of thought here, if you sack Brendan, who'd you get in? But look at Brighton. They've sacked Potter, got this De Deserby guy in, yeah, and they've just carried him. on. 
Oh, sorry, he, sorry, he left. Yeah, <laughs> they to, lost him. Yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but they've got Deserbi in, and they've just carried on from where they left off. There's been no change, and the reason is because the board are bringing in players, backing the managers, the whole club is working together. Whereas our club is the total opposite of that. Mm. Yeah. Jack, you, you mentioned spreadsheets and, and January transfer window. Jordan, you mentioned Kieran. So uh, let's take a, a pause from, from, from chatting about the football itself and, and let's talk money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. So delighted now to be joined by football finance expert Kieran Maguire. Um, as of the request of, of, of many, many, many Leicester fans, it's uh, yeah been a, a topic of debate for for a long time, Kieran. So uh, really appreciate your, your time this evening and, and joining us on the podcast. First and foremost, how are you? Uh, I'm irritatingly cheerful, but I'm a Brighton <laughs> fan. So I'm I'm normally I'm normally irritatingly cheerful, but I'm yeah. I'm even smugger than ever at present. <laughs> that, that that took a grand total of five seconds for you to to get that in there, <laughs> Kieran. Wait wait your wait your turn. We'll we'll talk about Brighton and that game this weekend, and of course how great things are going for your club at the moment. But for the meantime, um, can you? Uh, I, I don't even what. How to, how to describe it, but I'm sure you can understand and appreciate right now for, for Leicester fans, the, the league table isn't good. And the, uh, the the reason that obviously many people believe that is the case is because of the financial situation. So, of course, you are the, the perfect person to speak about this um, about. So, look, this is probably a really unprofessional question. But fortunately, I'm I'm not on Talksport at the moment, and I'm on the I'm on the podcast, so I can so I can say it and, and phrase it like this. But but Kieran, in a nutshell, of a scale from one to fucked, how fucked the Leicester? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think they are in a challenging position, and the reason for this is following the the magnificent achievement of 2016, because I've I've got a spreadsheet which shows every single year of the Premier League and how far up the wage tab- table a club was compared to final position. And if you look at every single club which which won the Premier League, um I, th- I think in I think it's in, in 26 years out of, of 30, you've either had the, the highest or the second highest wages. On three occasions it was the side that had th- uh, th- uh, the third highest wages. And then 2016, Leicester mm-hmm. had the 16th highest wage bill in the Premier League, and they won it. And that was fantastic, but it created an expectation. First of all, I think the club has tried to protect its assets in the sense of giving players um, pay rises uh, on on the back of that, and and deservedly so. Um, And also because Leicester have been uh, gearing for European competition, you know, know, they've They've been pretty close to re- repeating the achievement of getting into the Champions League. Those wage rises have uh, have continued to go up. So if we take a look at 2016, the wage bill was, was £80 million. In 2021, which is the year for the most recent accounts, it was 192. So you're paying over £100 million a year in extra wages. Um, but the, the money coming in isn't necessarily... As, as high as it was. So less income, increased costs, 
um, that there's there's going to be there's going to be challenges. So, is there an FFP challenge? There's a bit of one, but I I don't think it's it's that critical because there's lots of adjustments for COVID, and um, I don't know I don't know whether you're aware of of the mysterious L four variant of COVID, which has hit only Everton Football Club, um, where they've claimed 190 million pounds. In COVID allowances, uh, in, in COVID costs, and I think Leicester have probably stuck in about sixty. So, uh, you know, there, there are adjustments for COVID, um, uh, but I still think by well, the time you factor those in, you've sold a few players, you've got a few mm. players off the off the payroll as well. There's still a bit of wiggle room. The other issue is, do the people connected with the club want to uh, put more money in because? Leicester, they lost £59 million in uh, 2020. They lost a wee bit in 2021, which was a, you know, a good season for the club uh, in, in many respects. I'd expect the losses perhaps to be a, a little bit a little bit higher uh, in, in 2022. Um, so there is, there is scope from an FFP perspective, but I'm also looking at the level of debt of the club and uh, if, again, if we go back to to when Leicester won the Premier League, their total borrowings were less than thirty million pounds. By the time we get to the end of twenty twenty one, they were two hundred and eighty seven. So the the club has borrowed and borrowed over the course of the last five years. I appreciate that some of that's gone into infrastructure costs, but an awful lot has also gone into to player purchases. You know, in in three years out of the last five. Uh, Leicester City have spent more than £100 million on players uh, in a season. That, to be fair, they're also quite good at selling players. But you know, overall, the, that's resulted in, in the, uh, the cost of the squad going up. You, you, you won the Premier League with a squad that cost less than £70 million. What, what a hell of an achievement that is. By the time we got to the end of the, the most recent set of accounts, that gone from £70 million to 368 So a lot of money has been spent uh, in building up the squad, building up the wages. Um, and that means that Leicester, um, I think they probably have the, the most expensive squad, with the exception of Everton, uh, outside of the, the, the Super League six, the Sneaky six. There, there's various things I could describe them um, as... Um, so they've got the, you know, the most well, most most expensive squads and their wage bill, based on my calculations, and this is very rough and ready. The average wage for a Leicester player is ninety two grand a week. Which <laughs> is quite high. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, just... it, it's high by other fourteen. Would that, would, and one of the thoughts I've got on that is that would <laughs> that includes the year we won the FA Cup and qualified for Europe. Yeah. So, surely yeah. some of that is bonus related in some way, shape, or form. You would imagine. Yes, yes, um, it, it is. But because you qualified for Europe, you will have the benefit um, in 22 of participation in European competition. Yeah. But again, the players will be on additional match fees, presumably, yeah, for yeah. participating. So it's it, it's a double-edged sword. More money coming in, yes, but you've got more costs potentially going out as well. Yeah, you... a, a quick one. Sorry, Kieran, on the the FFP thing. Sorry, there's there's so much to to go out there in terms of what you said, but um, what we've not not necessarily been told, but what we, we we're kind of hearing is is the club is so restricted this year in terms of financial fair play, and that for this year in particular, we we have to make sure we comply with it, which is why we didn't spend any money in in the summer, which is 
why, of course, when we we sold Wesley Fafana in the in the summer, we didn't really reinvest that that money back into the squad, and we find ourselves halfway through January and we, we've still not done anything. So, you know, what I found really interesting, you said that that actually the the, the risk of FFP isn't perhaps quite as grave as what fans have been led to believe. Is is that true? Um, yes, for for people not familiar with financial fair play. Um, you are allowed to lose £105 million over three years. Now, if we take a look at Leicester's accounts on the face of it, they lost 120. But your infrastructure costs are excluded. So infrastructure costs for Leicester are probably around about £15 million. Your women's team is excluded. Your academy is excluded. Yeah, you've got Cat One Academy. That's costing you 8 to £10 million a year. Your community scheme costs are excluded. Um, and also, you've got COVID adjustments as well. So you factor that in, and you know, I estimate the, 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 co- the, the FFP losses, instead of being the £120 million that we see in the accounts, are a fraction of that. They're probably only in the region of 20 to 30 million. So I I don't see that as being an issue. It's more complicated from a European competition point of view in that you're only allowed to lose 30 million euro. But, you know, Wolves, they they broke the the rules and they were just told, you know, you'll get a, a relatively minor fine because they weren't a huge amount over and there was no evidence of manipulation of, of figures and so on. So I, I I don't see where this this claim that Leicester are in deep trouble. They, they've, they've got to be a little bit cautious, yes, but there are clubs who are much closer to uh, that limit than, than Leicester City. I mean, you know, my club, Brighton, we lost... We lost uh, you know, more money than, than you guys did, and, and we've got less money coming in as well. It's, um, it's one of the things, because they talk about FFP being, I guess, changing over the next few years and getting a bit stricter. And I, I can't remember the ruling exactly, but it's something to do with turnover to wage ratio. Is there something in that potentially that the club might be looking at? I, I think so. Um, under... UEFA's new rules, and these are called financial and sustainability rules. I think I think we probably just lost half our audience there. Um, <laughs> that we, we are moving to a new scenario. So um, this season, for example, uh, you are only allowed to spend ninety percent of your total revenues on player and coach wages. So you know, back office wages are excluded. Agent fees. And effectively, your your net transfer position, which is your your transfer fee amortization. For people not familiar with the phrase, if you sign a player for forty million quid on a four year contract, you say that the cost there is ten million pounds a year for FFP purposes, um, and, and you also adjust that for for the value of your player sale profits. So it 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 is going to be ninety percent. In 22-23, um, dropping to sorry, it's going 100 percent for 2022-23, dropping to 90 percent, 80 percent, and 70 percent as we go through the next few years. So uh, UEFA are allowing uh, clubs to to acclimatise to it relatively gently, and we anticipate the Premier League is going to follow suit because it seems daft to have one set of rules domestically and another set of rules for European competition, you might as well have something which broadly parallels 
um, one to the other. It could be that the Premier League rules would be slightly more generous than those of UEFA, as they are for the existing form of financial fair play that we have. Kieran, one question that I've got for you is, I'm, I'm always like slightly confused about how clubs of a similar size of Leicester are able to spend so much money. I mean, Newcastle, I think, have spent 300 million net. West Ham, 250 million. Wolves are spending loads at the minute. Forest have spent loads. And we've not spent anything. And I don't get how they comply with FFP. And there's this rumour that Leicester haven't complied with FFP. Yeah, I, I think that's a bit harsh on Leicester. I mean, if you, if you take a look at West Ham, West Ham have got a... Um, they've got a 60,000 capacity stadium. So West Ham's uh, ticket income last season was £41 million. If, if we take Leicester in a non-FFP year, Leicester's probably bringing in about 15 or £16 million. So they, wow. they've got an advantage to begin with. I hate to say it, they've got an advantage from a sponsorship point of view because they're in London. Um, West Ham last year also were in the uh, Europa League and they got to the semi-final. That was actually quite lucrative from their point of view. And um, remember that all of us people on this call, um, we're subsidising West Ham because they only pay £3 million a year in rent for the London Stadium and the operating costs of the London Stadium are £17 million a year and the difference is funded by the taxpayer. So, so West Ham, uh, they've got the deal of the century with that. And I, I don't criticise the club because you know, if, if Leicester City had negotiated it, you know, if, if, they, if the Olympic Stadium, if the Olympics had taken place in Leicester, you'd, you'd be congratulating the board. West Ham have done extremely well. Um, in respect of Wolves, um, Wolves have been quite clever at uh, selling players. But remember, they, they were sanctioned by UEFA. A couple of years ago, the year that they they got there is they were seventh in the Premier League and they qualified for European competition. They did actually end up on on the naughty step of UEFA. Um, in respect of Forest, it's it's the first year in the Premier League. Yes, they have spent a lot of money, but it's not it's not a huge amount. It's, it's, it's probably not as much gross as as Fulham spent a couple of years ago when they went up and went straight down again. Um, and also. The biggest signings that they've made have tended to be on the longer contracts. So, you know, was it was it twenty five million off for Gibbs White? He's yeah. on a five year deal. That's five million a year. It's not actually from from an FFP point of view that much. And you've got players who are who are coming up. Um, and let me just quickly go to my Forest spreadsheet. I've got one hundred and fifty spreadsheets in front of me. Um, you know, Forest's wage bill. Uh, in, in the most recent years was was 37 million quid. Now, you've got 100 million pounds coming in from the TV deal. Yes, the players will have step-ups in their contracts on, on the back of promotion. Yes, the players coming in will be on decent contracts, but you know, they'll probably be in the region of you know, 40, 45, 50k a week. Yeah, Leicester's averaging 92. So they, they've got some significant advantages because they don't have a lot of players who are coming in on big fees and therefore ha having expectations of large wage bills or um, wage packets. Kieran, what I have <clears throat> kind of read into to, to what you've said about uh, the financial fair play to, in regards to, to Leicester's situation, I think lots of people will perhaps do the same, is then 
you know, put two and two together and, and, and come to something. I want to tell you whether it's it's, it's five or four. Um, <clears throat> but with regards to the, the owner of Leicester and maybe his willingness to invest in, in the football club. Now, I'm not sure how much you, you know about the owner himself and how he... Well, how they operate in terms of financially, of course, is King Power the, the the business? And you read in certain places, Kieran, that at one point King Power was worth you know four point nine billion. I think maybe mm. dollars. I'm not sure if that pounds, but I'm now reading that it's it's now worth one point nine. And and we know that that COVID played a massive, massive effect on on duty free, which is of course what what King Power is. Um, knowing what you know, do do you believe that? that King Power as a business has, has suffered massively and, and that may be a, a real reason as into why now the, the the ownership at the football club is is not spending as much? I, I think that could be a contributory factor. You know, it's, uh, when when we, we look at financial fair play, we, we look at those losses and say, right, you were allowed to lose £105 million every three years. But ultimately, what you're saying is that we want somebody to fund our football club, thirty-five million pounds a year, and you go well. Actually, that's you know seven hundred grand a week. Um, are you getting seven hundred grand a week's pleasure and enjoyment out of doing that for Leicester City? And so it could be that the the owners have said we want the club to operate on a more sustainable level, or it could be that the owners don't physically have the resources because you know. Finding that money each week isn't easy. We, we saw what happened uh, with Aston Villa and Tony G, where he was, uh, money was coming across from Hong Kong to Birmingham. I, I can't give the details live in very strange ways. I'll just say <laughs> very strange ways. Um, and then all of a sudden, the Chinese government said, We don't think that looks too good. We want you to top. Stop that, Tony. And Aston Villa, they they were genuinely within hours of going out, not even into administration. They were in, within hours of going out of business um, b- before their owners came in. So any club which is running at a loss is running at a risk because all that you need is for the owner's personal circumstances to change. Um, and we saw that at Berry Football Club where the owner had um, – it, it wouldn't be appropriate – for me to say that he was operating a glorified Ponzi scheme using student accommodation and car park spaces. That, that, would, that would not be fair. Um, but he, he, he is now bankrupt, by the way, um, as, is his, uh, sub, as is the subsequent owner. But the, the club was very precarious. It was reliant upon the owner. Um, we've got what's happened at West Brom, where the owner started borrowing money from the club, which is unheard of. Um, and that's put West Brom into a, 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 a sticky situation. Uh, again, uh, what, what's the relationship between Leicester and Derby? Are you violently best, dislike each other, or we, we just sort of best friends? We're not allowed best any rivals, Kieran, because we get accused mm. of um, trying to create them. So yeah, <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> in, in, in the case of Derby County, they they had an owner who put an awful lot of money into the football club. He, he probably put the thick end of two hundred million in, yeah. and he then realised. Yeah, I'm getting grief from my family. They're seeing their inheritance getting frittered away on on you know, questionable signings and, and a, uh, you know, appointing Steve McCarron as, as manager every 18 months, and, it, and it's not working. Um, so 
he said, I'm, I'm not prepared to do this anymore. So, so yeah, that that's the danger. If you if you want to run the club at a loss, what happens if the owner says, sack this off, I've had enough, or the owner goes out of business, or as as we saw what, what happened at Notts County, the, the owner, for reasons best known to himself, uh, puts onto social media a picture of his penis, and <laughs> and all of a sudden he loses all credibility um, in the industry. Um, to be fair, Kieran, something similar happened to uh, Leicester, but we won the league a year later when that happened to us. <laughs> yeah, so you'd, you'd be amazed what happens, uh, Kieran. A question which I don't really want to have to ask, but um, I feel I've, I've got to. If 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 Leicester were relegated, how? Um, damaging would that be financially for as a, as a football club? Um, if if we take a look at um, Leicester City's income in 2021, uh, Leicester generated 226 million pounds, of which 184 was from TV money. Uh, if you go into the championship, your TV money drops to around about. 41, 42 in the first year of parachute payments. So it, it would need a financial reset, uh, quite a significant one. Now, you know, you've sold Fafana to Chelsea, so you've, you've got the cash from that deal. Um, we know that you have saleable assets. And, and I don't like to talk about young men as, as if they are you know, pieces of inventory. I don't perceive a huge problem provided uh, you know, Leicester would be a Leicester will be a big fish in the championship if they go down. Um, we've seen Sheffield United have one season poor and then they've come storming back. We've got Burnley who've who've shipped out a load of Deadwood. Um, and Burnley are playing the most unburnly football I've ever seen. I don't know whether you've seen them live this <laughs> have, they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. And huge credit to, to Vincent Company and his team. So um I don't I don't see a huge problem because you, know, you will sell Madison, you will sell a few others. You know, a because you can't afford them, and, and B that they'd be very attractive. You still you still be able to pick up decent fees for them. We, we've seen that in the case of uh, of Norwich when they've went down. You know, when, when they were relegated, they were still able to sell players in that you know twenty five thirty million pound bracket. I, I know you might be expecting a bit more uh, for James Madison uh, should he be sold, but. I think I, I don't perceive a major problem coming in in terms of is the club likely to go into administration? You you might have to have a season where you're doing a lot more selling than buying. But if you buy well, as we've just seen with Burnley, that doesn't have to be a problem. And also, it's far more fun in the championship than the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> more matches for a start. Amen. Amen. Let's not add those conversations just yet. But but Kieran, look, you've done 20 minutes talking about Leicester. Let's have a quick word about Brighton, then shall we? Your club, of course, we're, we're playing you next, you know, quite ironically in many ways this weekend. But we've spoken a lot about selling players as, as well. And I don't want to, you know, burst your, your bubble at the moment. But, you know, of course, you know, you lost Cucurella and, and Basuma in, in the summer. You've got the likes of, you know, Caicedo, McAllister, uh, Trossard has already said it, he, he wants to go. I mean, I feel that you're probably going to experience something a little, obviously your manager as well. Brighton may well experience something that, that we've had to endure over the last few years, which is continually losing your best assets and, and, and somehow scratching around and, and trying to find a way of, of replacing them. But but ultimately, it's it's a pretty tough thing to do season after season. Yeah, what 
you need to become an alchemist. And um, I, I think that's the challenge for any club. Um, I mean, it, it's a lot better than signing shite and getting rid of it two years later for nothing, which yes. which we did when we first joined the Premier League. Well, that's where yeah. we're at, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a nice problem to have. Uh so yes, Ben White's gone, Kukurea's gone, Mopey's yeah, gone, Big Dan yeah. Burns gone, mm. uh Bissouma's gone. Uh yeah, and we've bought in uh Enoch and Wepu as a replacement for yeah. the club is very good at succession planning. And yeah, you know, the tragic news about him, because he was looking a fantastic player, yeah. is that he's at a heart condition and uh I don't know whether you've seen on social media today, we're recording this on the Sunday, but he's uh I think he said he said an issue with it. I don't know, right. We don't know whether it was yeah, a heart yeah. attack or there's an issue with his pacemaker, but you know, everybody's sending bad wishes as, as you would for any, any young man under those circumstances. Um, yeah. Kaishado, McAllister and Trossard. They're too good for Brian. Mm. Let, let, let's be honest. Yeah. We, we, and I think we, we accept that, but we, we, we're also acknowledging the fact that we would like those players to stay for as long as they can. Uh, yeah, Trossard stinks the place out three matches out of every five, but in the, in the other two out of five. And, and the reason why he's still playing for Brighton after you know, three years is, is that he's not being consistent. Um, I, I think Caicedo and McAllister both have very promising futures uh, ahead of them as professional footballers. And oh, yeah, they, they, deserve, they deserve the right to be able to go and play at the highest level and Brighton Hove Albion isn't the highest level. As much as I love my club, you know, yeah. we, we know where we are in in society today. So you know, we can benefit. Uh, you know, Kaishado costs four million. McAllister costs seven. I think you can add zeros to to those figures if they're sold. Yeah, I think you could replace. You know, if you had this conversation a couple of years ago, Brighton and Leicester and, and names, you know, like Cucurella and, and Chilwell, and it, and it would have been an incredibly similar thing, wouldn't it? Um, so, Kieran, the, the, the game this weekend, then the last word on that one. Obviously, you're you're, you're going into this one off the back of a three 0 win over over Liverpool, uh, Leicester. We haven't won since we since we started after the World Cup, and you know the the, the worst possible scenario of, of losing a derby game at, at the weekend. So, you must be looking forward to this weekend significantly more than probably we are. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it because I love going to away games. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, like you, ultimately, it's a great day out. Normally ruined by nine yes. minutes of football. Yeah, and, 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 that, and I think if, if you go to exactly if you go that. to a football match with that mentality, for me, it's meeting my mates on the train, going to the pub before the match, uh, having a long chat, normally interacting with the fans from the home team because you know. Most of us are pretty civil, um, and just, just uh, yeah, as, as, as my wife say, always says to me, it's it's seeing the same blokes talking the same bollocks in the same pub with yeah. the same conclusion, and it's a great day out. So, <laughs> and, and if we win, it's a bonus. Yes, yes, we're we're in a bit of form at present, but you know, we we lost to Charlton in the quarterfinal of the League Cup just before Christmas. So let's remember that. We we failed to score at home at Forest, uh, yeah. When they just parked ten men behind them, so yeah, we we we're not brilliant every match because we're Brighton over Albion. Uh, yesterday was the best performance I've seen in fifty years of watching them. 
we just dominated Liverpool for, for 90 minutes. Liverpool were poor, it has to be said. You know, yeah. Alexander-Arnold, they didn't even have to go and wash his shirt at the end of it. He hadn't, <laughs> he hadn't, he hadn't broken into a sweat. So, um, yeah, we, we were on form. Liverpool weren't. What could happen next Saturday? You know, if if you get an early goal, our, our heads go down. You know, who, who knows? So, uh, yeah, we, we, we go there in a the positive mode, but we, we still got to be realistic. All right. Well, Kieran, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Really do appreciate your time um, today. And as I'm sure lots of the, the other Leicester fans do, even if it perhaps wasn't exactly what they wanted to hear. But, but Kieran, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, guys. And uh, all the best for next Saturday, um, apart from the 90 minutes, of course. Top, man. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kieran. Thanks a lot, Cheers. Kieran. All right, then, the, the, the brilliant Kieran Maguire there, football finance expert. Um, <laughs> Jack, takeaways from that. I mean, really interesting, really appreciate Kieran's time, but um, I'm not quite sure that's that what Leicester fans wanted to hear in terms of financial fair play. You see, saying that we're not perhaps in as grave danger as we've been led to believe. Uh, oh, firstly, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and great. What a guy. If anyone hasn't read his book, read his book his podcasts are amazing um so like brilliant to get him on and just just the ability to just turn up and talk so eloquently about a club that he's not that close to i thought was was amazing it it do you know what like it's really eye-opening for me because i i think clubs put out narratives to sort of distract people and yeah and 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 for me for me it makes it makes the most sense because i i just feel like as a club we it's almost like we've been playing a different game to everyone else, and um, and you know, I thought I know what you were saying about West Ham and uh, and whatever, but we've won more money and prize money over the last five years than a lot of other clubs. We've had higher league finishes, which also has money. Yeah. So it, it must be a a strategy they're employing. Either you know, top doesn't want to you know keep bankrolling it, and and fair enough. But at the same time, when you your competitive set are bankrolling it, I mean, you look at what Chelsea are doing. Uh, and the money they're spending, and that might not be that sensible. But you know, we're not we're not asking for that level of um, investment. We're just, just something, you know, just something. Um, so so yeah, it, I, I, fascinating for me, and it, even to just get into the European financial fair play, which always makes me laugh a bit. So I'm like, why are we worried about that? We're miles off that. Yeah, we can dream. Uh, George, your thoughts on on Kieran this evening? Yeah, what an incredibly uh, interesting and intelligent guy. Um, to have all those spreadsheets about every Premier League football club is the next level of Anorak, isn't it? But yes. It's absolutely fantastic. He's the best at what he does by an absolute mile. Um, yeah, just really interesting for me, again, what he kind of said about rewarding players with bonuses and contracts for winning trophies, I suppose. I mean, obviously the Premier League and FA Cup, are incredible achievements when you look at the resources that this club has. The, that's kind of what's put us in this this predicament where you've got very average players, or they're, no, they're, they're, the squad are very good players because we've seen they're good players, but on long term contracts and the average Leicester City player takes home ninety two grand a week is too much, isn't it? Pretty scary, especially yeah. when you see one of them. <laughs> is more interested in sitting with Mudrick at Stamford Bridge rather than trying to get himself fit. Um, that's all I'll say on that one. But yeah, very interesting guy. And again, you know, interesting to see about the the 
clubs that we are in competition with. I mean, again, Forest is spending another 20 million today on Danilo. Villa have just brought in the lad from Real Betis. I think West Ham or Wolves were linked with someone else earlier. And we have to sign in January. It's, it's um, you know, if, if, if we go to the championship, you're going to lose a lot more money than you would by spending in January. So, um, get it yeah. done. Get some players in. The time for action is now. Um, okay. Um, well, look, I know it's a slightly different episode today with, with Kieran on, um, but I'm sure you appreciate why we did that. And I hope you appreciate everything he, he kind of said, but still going to try to do the, the same kind of fun and games. So we're, we are now going to have a game of Who Are You? Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? And um, it's me. I'm Quizmaster today. Although, technically, did I not win last week? Uh, Joe Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Technically. No, no, no. You, 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 you gave me Joe. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you've given up by that point. Well, I mean, so George definitely didn't win because at least I said you the guy's name. Either, we you did not have You did not five clues. Sorry, I did get it. No, um, but anyway, it. B- because, you know, I keep winning, I've, I've volunteered to, to be Quizmaster <laughs> today. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit of a while. So, see if I can pick out some, some good clues for you. Uh, th- this one, um, I'm a little bit nervous about because. It's definitely nowhere near as rogue as what we've we've done before. But at the same time, I think it's one of them that you either remember played for Leicester or or you don't. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, so first clue um, for you today. I was born on the twenty seventh of January, nineteen seventy two, in Cardiff. He's hmm. about fifty odd. Is that right? He's exactly fifty years old. Jordan, great maths. Um, next clue I played 30 times for Wales scoring four goals there's a name who I thought you would have said by now because they're similar ages and same nationality it's not Ewan Roberts it's it's not Ewan that's too obvious but he would be about 50 now wouldn't he I think Ewan's a little bit older now right okay Looks good for it. He I no, he actually does. He, he he has blossomed as are you, and looks better at, at fifty <laughs> than he did at, at twenty five. Bless him. But top bloke, you and Roberts. Oh, it's not him anyway. So next clue. Uh, I played for Leicester City in um, just the one year, two thousand and four to two thousand and five. I mean, I know it's not him, but I was. Are going to guess? Well, I'm just trying to think of Welsh Leicester players. Matt yeah. Jones, do you remember him? I yeah, I thought it was Matt Jones, Jones, but he's not fifty, is he? No. He must Good be about forty five. And he was, he was long before 2004, 2005, wasn't oh, he? I thought yeah. he was really average for us. <laughs> uh, you remember when he did, a, he did a lap of honour after he drew nil-nil against Arsenal? I actually don't know. I don't remember that. I that just remember him being a, a bright prospect who was always injured. And he was sold to Leeds, wasn't he, for, for big money when we, we got relegated. <sighs> this game's annoying me. 2004, so that's Pearson, isn't it? No, yeah. no, two, no, no, it's not no, 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 not 2004. So what, how old was I then? 
I like... can't remember who it was, but it was in it was in that period where we had loads of managers and loads of players. Yeah, basically. yeah. Whereas obviously Pearson brought a certain degree of you know um, consistency to, to the football club. So in just one year, two thousand four, two thousand five, um, played fourteen times, scoring one goal. Um, have I mentioned he is also a striker? Nathan no, Blake. Supposed to say. Is it Nathan Blake. Jack, you are correct, sir. Oh, <laughs> come on. George, was, was that, were, you, were you nearly there? Was that not was that not a name in your head? Well, I was just about to say if he scored four for Wales and he scored for us, then mm. he's then you, you see he's a striker. And then yeah. Jack's Jack's by that point, Jack's already got it. Oh, yeah, I think I've only got one all season on this. Got a good story about Nathan Blake, but it is not broadcastable. So, <laughs> will you stick it in the WhatsApp group? I have stuck it in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nathan Blake was a strange one, wasn't he? Because actually, if you look at Nathan Blake's career, right? I mean, look at Wales: thirty games, four goals. It's bang average, and and of course, at Leicester, fourteen games, one goal, also very average. But the guy scored loads of goals in his, his career. Look at Cardiff: you know, forty goals in one hundred and thirty games. Sheffield United: thirty-five and sixty-nine. Bolton: forty-eight in one hundred and seven. Um, 16 goals for, for Blackburn in, in 55, 26 in, in 75 for Wolves. He weren't fire a, a one in two kind of one one in two and a half goals a game for, for the entirety of his career until he joined Leicester. Yeah, and then he went, I've just checked, he went to Leeds on loan yeah, on and Newport and he, yeah. he only ever scored three goals after joining us. Yeah. But yeah, Nathan Blake, yeah, it was that era, wasn't it, where we signed loads of, loads of, not even crap players, but there was, it was like a, the Martin Keown era as well, wasn't it, where we just yeah, yeah. signed players on like 12 months deals. Some were good, some were bad, most were bad. It, it was the era when my old man was involved in the football club, so mm. that's why we were signing <laughs> bang average players. So, <laughs> so anyone wants to know why well, we signed Nathan but Blake? I, I remember at that dad. time. I remember at the time, he didn't tell me anything because he didn't trust me. But uh, we just signed so many players. Loads. I, like all the time. I he couldn't was coming keep home. up. He was coming home and being like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this player in. It's like the days of like Dave Bassett and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was uh, mad. Mad. Yeah. So, he was he was he was behind so he Blake it was when we had like I think we had Con no we didn't have Connolly then. No, I was we, gonna say I, I think it was a David Connolly team because Yeah, and then so Dion would have been first really started going like every game was, was yeah, that yeah, season yeah. and David Connolly was no, like our only decent player we sold for four million to win. Yeah. He wasn't actually that good. Yeah, and then we signed Hume instead. But uh because I remember the first game of that season we had West Ham and they they just gone down. I can't remember no, we we hadn't just gone down or whatever, but anyway. I think we had actually, and we had Dion and David Connolly up front. Yes. And Dion headbutted someone after about five minutes, so Connolly had yeah. to play up front I'm on pretty, his own. I'm pretty sure it was Rufus Brevet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd be an unbelievable. You remember he played for us for like one game. I, I have Rufus's number. I was looking for a Fulham guest the other week for my Talksport show, and I, I suggested the name Rufus Brevet, but um, it was it was it was politely turned down. But he's an option if you'd like that yeah. one appearance, um, Leicester City player to come on the podcast. You can he's, have Rufus Brevet if probably, you want. You know, we were talking about random footballing sightings. I used to live yeah. in Putney in Southwest London, yeah. and I saw him in a coffee shop with Joel nice. Ward from Crystal Palace. Oh, wow. I think they're quite they're quite into like church and the Bible and stuff, and they yeah. were talking about that, and I was like, this is really weird. Yeah. I mean, obviously Rufus. I mean, Putney's very close to to Fulham, literally across the bridge. Yeah. And, but talking to Fulham legends as well, and and spottings of of players who also played for Leicester. I was once walking down Clapham High Street and and walked past uh, Super Barry Hales, <laughs> and it, it's, it's it's one of them players, isn't it? That for most people, you just wouldn't bat an eyelid. Wouldn't you have a clue who it is? But he's, like, he's big, Barry Hales. Yeah, he? still playing football, by the way. Still, really? It's, it's non-league football, but he's in his fifties now, and Barry <laughs> is still playing football. He, um, 
You're one of still those, as the, those, not uh, prolific as he always has been. Favorite songs: Barry Hales has got a door and a window. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that was a new one. You know, way. you know, like because he did he play for us in League One. I can't remember. You may have left. No, he, that, he, that he was in the spell where, like, yeah, we were obviously playing in the championship, and some of the grounds aren't. You know, it's like my garden shed is bigger than this. <laughs> yeah, it's like Barry Hales is bigger than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all dream of a team of Barry Hales. Yeah, it number was. one is Barry Hales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, club, club icon. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, congratulations, Jack. Then you're the winner. Um, we'll Does that mean I do it next week? Then, well, we... I think the thing is, is that because certain people are winning more often than others, we, we may give George to... one. God, yeah. George, you could have one. We may you're just have to switch it up and, and take take pity on George. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Let, but, but before we finish this evening, because conscious it was a little bit longer today because we had Kieran, let's have a quick chat about the weekend. So uh, it is Brighton. Um, booked my train tickets. Earlier on to today, and I was, I was speaking to to a mate who I'm who I'm getting the train with, and it was it was kind of one of them where it, it's costing me X amount of money to to go up. It's it is going to be my my entire Saturday. It's for the home games coming up from London. It, it does take the entirety of the day, and when you are playing as as badly as as what we are at the moment, you are reluctant. You still do it, of course you do. We always do it. You know, it's, if 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 we wanted to go to football and, and expected to win every week, then we wouldn't have supported Leicester you know it's part and parcel of being a football fan so of course I'm still going to be there on, on Saturday but um, Jordan if we do not do something this week and, and by something I mean sign players if we don't do anything between now and, and Saturday I cannot envisage the game being any different from the last two that we've seen something has to change I mean unless by some miracle we've got four players back fit and you know and, and they suddenly find form for me if we don't sign a couple of players to give the place a boost I think it's going to be the same as what we saw against Forest and Newcastle yeah if we don't either sign players get any back from injury or potentially change the shape I cannot see anything other than a Brighton win and obviously they battered us 5-2 earlier in the season yep um Alexis has just won the World Cup and they've just beat Liverpool 3-0. That said, I know it counts for absolutely nothing. (laughs) I think we have got a reasonably good home record against Brighton. Yeah. And um, I have seen a lot of conflicting reports again, but we're willing to make Nico Gonzalez our highest paid player. Um, So hopefully we can get him in. I know Fiorentina's director said today he's not for sale, but... I'm not sure that mm. Fiorentina, by the way, are playing again this evening, and he yeah. is on the bench again. Again, whether mm. you read anything into that or not, um, that is a fact. So, yeah, mm. and also, by the way, uh, Atalanta beat Salernitana eight-two yeah. earlier, yeah. and Adamola got two, and Boga, yeah, scoring. So... Boga got the other one. <laughs> Look, the second highest scorer in Syria, I think. Yeah. Uh, it can't yeah. be far off, yeah. He's yeah. been banging him in. Mm. Yeah, and but, so, yeah, I mean, but Boga as well, if anybody didn't want Boga, but thought, well, at least it's someone, you now can't even have him because he started for Atalanta and, and scoring and assisting most weeks for for them. So yeah, it goes from bad to worse in some ways. Yeah, and they they don't want to sell him either. But no. um, yeah, you know, Brighton are a, a good side. I think it would be, um, it should be in theory, a game which actually might suit us a little bit better because Brighton likes to play football. Um, but, Let's just hope everyone rallies behind the team on on Saturday. We really need um, three points. Mm. And also, before I forget, a shout out for Union FS who are doing their food bank again this Saturday. So please, um, they do a lot of great work in the community. So please um, take some stuff along for for Union FS as well. Yeah, well said, George. Um, 
Jack rallying, getting behind the players, what, what George mentioned there. I have to say that, that that is a bit of a concern for me this weekend because we, we heard it. Nobody, we heard it the weekend, didn't we? The, whether it be directed at the players, at the owners, at the manager, fans aren't happy. They've got every right to, to not be yeah. happy. It's it's pretty dire right now. Um, so I, I, I worry in terms of, you know, the reality is if it's a to- toxic atmosphere within the ground on on Saturday, it's it's not conducive. It's not helpful to the players. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you haven't got any other opportunity to vent other than when you're in that stadium. So look, if that's what you really want to do, then I ain't going to tell you not to do it. But at the same time, I don't think it's helpful um, for the players. So, um, I mean, do you expect, you know, displays where it be banners, chants, this, that and the other directed towards the, the board and, and, and manager if nothing happens between now and, and Saturday? Because I'd imagine if you've yeah. got a player, if you've got a £30 million player to, to parade on the pitch before the game, that may well change things. But but yeah, that, that's my biggest fear, mate. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say maybe maybe we should just set fireworks off. Uh, just do that <laughs> after every game because that's that's a completely normal thing to do, isn't it? You've been waiting uh, an hour and twenty minutes to get that dig in. Absolutely, like weird bunch of individuals. But there we go. It's the um, by the way, if you haven't worked out who that dig is aimed at, right? So uh, I always get a bit. I don't know. I'm a bit non nonplussed about that. Like I generally, you know, I think I think. I think our fans have been pretty good. I think there was, you know, there was a bit of anger and frustration yesterday, but only at the end, really. Uh, mm. It was a bit blue on blue, which there's a great bye, bye. video of Jordan and Swanee just sort of standing by. Being, Not involved, just watching. Just, just, just watching, um, which is which is great on, on Lee's Instagram account, if, if you want to see that. But I always think, uh, you know, I, I don't think our fans are daft. Like, I think, you know, and I'll include myself in that. I think, I think, you know, people can sort of half see in the the players trying, but I think the players have really got to give us something to to help get us behind them. And uh, and I I see loads of people trying, but it's really hard to sort of, you know, if you're not getting anything back. I mean, you know, like we've, we've scored one, one goal in like four games, four Premier that League many. games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And. So the, the, there's not been a lot to shout about. I think, you know, I think people get it. I think pl- the players need our support. But equally, like, you know, the, the club need to give us something to believe in. And whether that's yeah. a player or whatever or trying a different idea. I mean, to be honest, I think we need to sign two players tomorrow because it takes us about a week to get players registered. I mean, it took us like three weeks to get Fez's work permit. So... Uh, we need to get the players in now, and and actually, you know, like we said a few weeks ago, the club just need to do something mm. to to demonstrate that they, that you know, they're as concerned as we are. Well, you know, I'll accept a statement in the absence of signing a player, although I do think we need to sign players. But I mean, hopefully that you know, Dewsbury Hall might re-emerge potentially. We might get some of some of the injured players back. I mean, God knows what's happened with Madison, but but yeah, it. I don't expect it to be a brilliant atmosphere, but that can turn really quickly. If we turn up and start the game really fast in the first half an hour, go 2-0 up, the place will be rocking again. I've like absolutely no doubt about that. So things things can turn quickly. I just think we need we need a performance and, and something to believe in. So um I'm not sure that answered the question, but I, I mm. think I think there's there's still hope for me, and I think there's still hope from from people around and I think that probably what drives so much of the frustration in that so little seems to be being done and 
I'm sure something's going on. I'd just love to know what it is. Yeah, and, and that is the thing. You know, I keep saying it. Something is happening. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure of it. It would just be nice to see some proof of that. And, you know, within the next few days. And look, ordinarily at this stage of the, the podcast, we we do like team lineups. We'd um, predict the result. I mean, if it's okay by by you two, I'm going to refrain from that just because I'm I'm hopeful and, and I'm waiting that the A players come back and, and, and new signings come in because whoever comes back or whoever signs this week, I want to, to put into the starting lineup. So at the moment, I don't know who that's going to be. And as I've said before, um, if it is the same group of players, then I expect us to lose. So I'm not going to predict and I'm not going to do a team lineup because I just need something to happen from the football club before I can kind of, you know, believe and and, and stick my neck out on, on the line of, of anything at the moment regarding Leicester. Um, yeah, so I personally, I haven't really got a huge a lot amount to, to, to say um, left. I mean, have you got anything you'd like to add, either of you, before we, before we finish up? Nothing remotely positive, no. If <laughs> <laughs> you've got nothing nice to say, Jordan. Yeah. Don't say um, it at all. I think yeah, we're going to sign you, two Jack? players this week. I think Gonzalo scores as the winner next weekend. Uh, and then we beat Walsall. And then I think we've got Villa or Spurs after that. I think we'll beat them too. Yeah. If, if we sign it's two Villa players. Villa then Spurs. Villa yeah, away then Spurs. I think, I think the world's our oyster. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to just start believing that. Just say it out loud daily. And what a beautifully positive way to end uh, what has otherwise been a quite depressing episode. Look, apologies for that. It's not our fault. Blame Leicester. We're doing our best to kind of try bring some, you know, light entertainment, but also information um, about the football club. So I hope you have appreciated and uh, enjoyed the episode. And thank you once again to, to Kieran Maguire for, for joining us. Again, I hope that's been helpful and answered some questions that you've been asking on, on social media and, and, and amongst yourselves for for God knows how long. So look, I'm hoping for the best. It's Brighton this weekend. Fingers crossed. Touch wood for uh, some signings and a positive result. But until then, we'll catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.